back, everybody. We are back with yet another week and better internet on my side, so we should have a full podcast with no interruptions this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had some technical difficulties last week, and you've been struggling with your stream, I think, right? Hasn't that been an issue as well? I was, but then I revamped the entire internet network here and i have no problems anymore so what was the issue uh well just moving to uh this place like it was it wasn't getting as good of uh speeds as i was in uh, fitchburg Mm -hmm. um and then also the modem was older and couldn't optimize the higher speeds so it was just an upgrade of the modem and uh you know rerunning some ethernets through the through the ceiling trying to get better connection nice yeah that was um when spectrum up so i upgraded from like the standard package i have is like 50 megabytes but then like 20 dollars more a month and i get like half a gig um so it's 400 that i could pay for 20 bucks but then they upgraded for me me for free up to 500 which is pretty dope and they sent me a modem and that was the issue with why it wasn't running as fast as before is because of the modem specifically not the router i thought it was gonna be the router yeah. Um, but it's actually the modem, but we got to, we need a new router because if I'm in my bathroom, um, like my master bathroom, you know, uh, you know, maybe like a hundred feet away or something, um, and through a few walls, then, uh, it's the internet gets slow. So I got to figure that, uh, that issue out, but yeah, the modem can be an issue. Um, yeah. We'll just get like a mesh system where you can have multiple, mm-hmm. uh, routers. Yeah. Being in an apartment, it's, um, I haven't really found the need for a mesh system yet. Um, I plan on it eventually, uh, especially for a house. If we're, we're hoping to get a house or being in a house when we're done this lease, uh, February next year. So by then I'd like a mesh net, uh, mesh system. But, um, uh, for here, it's like uh, my mesh system would just be one other unit on the other side. Of the yeah. Apartment. So, um, I yeah. might just get like an extender or something like that just to push it to our master. And here you are thinking you were listening to a fitness podcast. We're actually tech pros. <laughs> yeah, we're welcome, talking about the internet. Welcome to Tech It. <laughs> we got an English. We got an English teacher and a cybersecurity <laughs> nerd over here. Um, and somehow job. that combines into uh, <laughs> into talking about routers. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I do talk about access points and wireless access points and all of that every day and different kinds of servers and stuff, but um, nothing like involving a home internet system. That's that's on a that's not my expertise at work. <laughs> and we'll have a uh, top ten video out to you guys for the best routers for your budget. <laughs> <laughs> the best wireless access points to install into your home. <laughs> Um, but for those who just saw me scratch my face, uh, you'll see that I do not have a brace on my broken hand anymore. Um, it's healed to the point where I don't need to wear it and I can actually bend it and do, you know, most actions again. Uh, so I went, yeah, it's great. Um, like if I hit the inside of my palm, I can still feel it because that's like a tender point for the break. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then on the backside, if I'm hitting the because I broke the fifth metacarpal, so if I'm sitting there banging that, I can feel it still. But um, yeah, we're we're out of the brace, and I have two workouts in. Uh, two was it two or one? Let's see. No, it was just one. I did my I did a back workout, um, without the without using the brace or anything, and uh, my grip strength is way down, and all my calluses are gone in my hand. So it's it's literally like my right hand is calloused out and tough because it's what I've been using. And then my left hand is just this baby hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. So 
Um, I'm right now focusing mostly on machine work and different cable things just because I don't want to push it with free weights yet uh, in terms of messing with the grip because with a machine, if I, if, if my grip slips, the machine just resets. But if I slip my grip with like a bar on top of me, if I'm benching, then I'm dead, mm. like depending on the weight that I have. So I, uh, I'm taking some time. I, I told my coach within a week or two, I'll probably switch to free weights just to give it a little bit more time to, to heal up. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, right now that bat workout went pretty well. Um, I'm able to hold the same. So like I was doing seated rows and I was able to pull the, the, the attachment that I had without having to like overcompensate on my right side or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and things are looking like we're back in business, but it's again only time will tell and i will certainly say my recovery is going to be a lot less intensive than it would have been if i wasn't working out throughout this whole period um and that's what some people at my gym were talk talking to me about like hey the reason or the fact that you're in here and doing some kind of work even if it's just unilateral work is still providing some kind of relief for your body and like I've talked about how unilateral work interacts with like your neuropathways and keeps the other side open. And that's why I was focusing on muscle retention, not muscle growth. And now I can kind of shift back into that true like hypertrophy mindset of trying to build it up. Um, but I will say that doing a month, month and a half of just one armed movements or just one sided movements, <laughs> um, that kind of increased my mind muscle connection if that makes any sense at all because uh like one of the big one that got me is uh i do uh cable handle um rows but it's when you go on your knees behind the the seating attachment and you pull like it's it's a long row that way basically um but it's yeah. single armed and i do that and i can just like I'm able to really get inside of them. I can put, I can put my mind in the muscle. Mind in the muscle. <laughs> to, to quote Arnold. Yeah. Um, and my back was always one I struggled with doing that. So for back, I really am starting to get a way better connection. And then when I did that same movement with just the left side, because I kept that long row movement in my workout because I'm still, you know, adding what I can back in. So I did the right side and then I did the left side and I was able to really connect with it. And it, I mean, it was the best movement I did that workout. Mm -hmm. um, so baby steps, getting back into it, but probably another month or two before I'm back to a true 100%, uh, just because mm -hmm. getting my, you know, left side of my body back engaged with what my right side was doing, um, the weight difference shouldn't be too far off but there is going to be some kind of a discrepancy so just evening that out over the next month or so while my hand completely heals up because mm -hmm. it's it's healed like or healing i can like i can make a fist which i couldn't do you know four days ago when i got out of the brace um so we're getting there but i do still notice parts of it that don't operate the way they should or the way it should i'm um, like when you make a fist, your knuckle will like pop up and roll over to allow your your finger to duck into the nook of your palm. Yeah. And my pinky knuckle just sits there. It doesn't flip over. <laughs> so mm. 
I can make a fist, but it's like a, uh, it's like, it's like as if I'm holding something in my hand, which I'm not. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll like, so from my own experience, um, it's not obviously the same thing, but my, which you know about my joint split from my hand for my bike accident. And, um, you know, I had to split for a couple of weeks. Um, there's not really much we could have done to heal it, but uh for me it was just it was just time that's all it took was just time and um placing the weight differently on my hand kind of took some adjusting but i'm still used to it now um that it's almost like i I can't like let's say for like chest right the only way i could press for chest now is like suicide grip like that's really the only way i could focus on my chest now because i got so used to it um i had to adapt to a suicide grip otherwise it would put all the weight on, on that ball on my hand. So, um, it's going to take time and the pain, you know, are you experiencing any pain right now while you lift with that hand? Like, is it kind of like a soreness? Yeah. It's more so just an uncomfortability. It's, I, yeah. I wouldn't say pain. Like I did, I, I had a batting practice for, for softball and I felt pain, but that's just because to keep my pinky isolated, when you grip the handle, I left my pinky completely off the off the handle of the bat. And so the yeah. nub that's on the end of the bat was actually in my palm. And I mm. have a bruise right in the middle of my palm from where yeah. that was kept colliding. Um, That'll so do that's, it. I feel some pain with that. But outside of that, I don't, not in the gym. But yeah. uh, again, I'm not risking free weights right yeah. now. So right. all machine work for now. Yeah, the pain that I was experiencing was kind of like a soreness. Like it was kind of like an ache, not really like yeah. a pain, but it was like an aching feeling. So um, that just kind of went away over time. I would say probably like six months, it was fully gone. Um, where like over time, it was less and less and less and less. Uh, and really, the only time I really experienced it was chest uh, because there's so much weight on your hand in general. Um, that's why people also get like um, a tennis elbow through yep. through chest days is because there's so much weight on all of your arm joints from from chest but um yeah that's 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 my only problem with it really but it just it went away over time and um that's i think that's the best way to treat a, like i mean that's physical therapy 101 i mean time and using the using the muscle or using the bone whatever it is that's hurting is a lot of the time the best recovery and um another example of that recently um, my wife had a scare. She had like this really bad, like, like toothache. It was just, her gums were swelling and, um, it was like, she could chew and stuff. It was just, it was just kind of painful. And I'm like, look, she, you know, we're kind of in a bad spot right now with like insurances and stuff. So I was like, look, let's give it a couple of weeks. I was like, if, if it's still there and it's, you know, either got stayed the same or gotten worse, then we'll go see a dentist. But, um, literally like four or five days later, she's like, look, and it was like almost gone. I'm like, yeah, you just need to hmm. give it time. Sometimes like things just swell up. Sometimes things just get inflamed and, um, whatever it is, you know, it could just go away with time. Um, and that was, you know, a perfect example of that where it was, you know, if we went right away, they could have just told us, oh, there's nothing really wrong. It's just, you know, you, you bit down wrong or on something or whatever it is. Um, something got stuck and, you know, now it's dislodged. You just got to wait for it to go away. So we just waited anyways before going to a dentist and it was fine. I mean, I used my example once where I had a, um, this is years and years ago, like six, seven years ago, I had a piece of like popcorn kernel, you know, those little brown fuckers that are like, oh, yeah. that are like sharp. <laughs> yeah. Th- that got stuck in my gum. And for three weeks it was killing me. Um, it was fine if I wasn't eating, but if I ate anything on the left side of my mouth, uh, it would kill. So I waited about three weeks and it was still hurting. So I went to the dentist and they had to numb me to get it out because it's so far deep in my gums. But like, 
I didn't want to go if I didn't have to go, if it, if the pain was going to go away and it didn't. So I went and ended up being worth it. But that's what I was telling her. I was like, look, let's just, let's just wait it out and then we'll figure it out. But her family has grown up in dirt bikes. So she knows when, like, for instance, a bone's broken, especially <laughs> her dad and her brother, because they've broken so many bones racing dirt bikes. And like, if they break, cause when they race, it's on the weekends and they don't even go to like, um, the ER anymore for bones. They just wait till primary care opens just to get like a cast basically, or like a sling or whatever it is. They know exactly what the issue is. Her brother, um, granted her brother broke his neck recently. Um, thank God he's okay. Cause that could have been really bad. He broke one of his vertebrae in his neck, but, um, prior to that, he's broken other bones and he was just like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to wait until Monday when primary care opens. I know I broke it and you know, I'm just going to keep my arm in a sling or whatever it was. And he would just go on Monday and it like, he'll get it fixed. Like, it's like, they've broken that many bones where it's like, they know when they broke something, they just give it a few days, go get a sling. And then they're, they're, they're fine in a few weeks. You know what I mean? It's, it's wild. They um, are never going to be able to live in a cold climate because um, broken bones, even healed when a cold wind comes through, that gets such an aching, especially mm -hmm. as you get older. So they're just, I mean, you guys are just forced to live down South now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, their problem is like, it's for dirt bikes is different uh, because it's like their wrists, their wrists is a big problem because of the throttle. They're always running the throttle because um, yeah. they race for three hours. It's GNCC, which is woods racing. So they race for a long ass time and they're, they're running the throttle the entire time. So they get wrist issues. And I'm sure that carpal tunnel kind of becomes a thing, especially with pressing the braking clutch so often. Um, I know their feet ends up being an issue as well, um, being on the pegs and, um, you know, always being on their feet all the time. So, um, that can be a problem too. So, I mean, there's different issues that they face than, than other sports. Um, but I mean, it's, it's wild. Those guys are, those guys are crazy. You know, they're riding inches from trees going like full, like red line in the bike, you know, riding through 450, 250, whatever it is, just full red line in it. But, um, every sport's got its, uh, issues. And, um, I'm glad that you gave your body the ability to recover. Um, because if you didn't, then you're just going to fuck your future even worse. So, um, it's yeah, good that you did that. that. I'm, I'm glad you did it that way. And that kind of feeling, I mean, just makes you want to go and uh, kick a fat kid in uh, Kmart. You know, praise <laughs> God, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it just makes you want to go kick a fat kid in Kmart. You know what I'm saying? Praise yeah, God, baby. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good quote. Um, here's a question for you. Speaking of bones and all of that, this is actually a really good question that I saw in a, a YouTube short that I thought was funny. Was there's a company, if you're working for a company that offered you this opportunity, would you take it? For every finger you chop off, so the first finger you chop off, they offer you 10 grand, but every finger after that, they multiply the number by 10. How no. many fingers are you chopping off? None. So I was thinking none, and then I've really thought about it, and then Ludwig, who's the streamer who's in the YouTube short, really confirmed for me what I would do. He said, I would chop off all 10 because that gives you $100 trillion which is more than the world's GDP. <laughs> if you chop off all 10 fingers, you'd have, he's like, he's like, you're telling me if I chop off 10 fingers and I have a hundred trillion dollars, I couldn't figure out some sort of robotic finger situation. And I'm like, damn, he got a point. I'm like, you literally would be the nah. richest person in the entire world. <laughs> but that, that filters into the materialistic mindset. And I just don't care for money. Like I, I don't, I don't have the desire to, to make, absurd amount of money i don't have the desire to focus my life around money i make what yeah. i make and i have my my 
lifestyle and I'm content. So I, think, I would not even bother. That's fair. That's fair. I think like in that situation, it's either you chop off none or you chop off all of them. Cause it's like, yeah. like it, you might as like, obviously it's, it's a made up situation. It's like the, Oh, you're going to mow a lawn for your neighbor and you start off with a penny a day, but then every day um, you, what was it? You multiply it by the number before it or something. And you end up with like 30 something million dollars or whatever it was. I forget what the question was, but it's like, yeah, it's hypothetical. It's never going to happen, but it's just, it's just a thought experiment, I guess. Um, but in my mind, I was like none because I want all my fingers, but then he said all 10 and I was like, all right, I'm either doing none or all 10, you know, there's no in between, but you have to out bench press your second at, (laughs) oh yeah, I see that shit too. Would you wrote $45 billion to get extra 20 pounds of lean muscle. You have to out bench your second at, Yep. yeah, I see that shit. Um, and then I sent you the one where I was like, uh, Player versus player, your physique versus your second at. My second at was Chris yeah, Bumstead. I'm which like, are you fucking no, serious? Which makes no sense. That means you're sending him memes or, or trying to hit his DMs. <laughs> like, it just randomly pops up these, like, accounts. Like, my fifth one was, like, some, some like, one of the one of the athletes on Unchained Athletes. I'm like, I'm not even, I, I was like, I don't even know you. I looked at your profile for a second. I'm like, why are you my fifth at? <laughs> like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. But, um. I think it's just whatever accounts I interact the most with. Cause like number one at my fitness profile is Jim fail nation. So yeah. I think it's just whoever I interact with the most, but yeah, these, these <laughs> thought experiments are interesting. Um, yeah, I'm but, keeping my hands. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair response. Um, for those that don't know, Charlotte pro show just happened this weekend, which is one of the bigger shows throughout the year. Do you want to um, talk about that? Yeah, we'll talk about it for a second. Um, it's not like like basically the biggest pro show each year is the New York Pro, arguably. Um, Charlotte Pro is getting up there. Um, it's a pretty big show. Um, but like here's here's a like good rule of thumb. If it's a big show, Nick Strength and Power talk about it. Talk about it and talk about the men's open division. Um, that's how you know it's a big show. Um, I think he talks about the New York Pro each year. Um, he talks about the Arnolds and all of that, but um, the Charlotte Pro just happened. And as far as men's physique goes, I was surprised Corey Morris won, but I also think that he deserved it. The top three, um, Corey Morris, uh, I don't even know how to say his name, Ben Keel, Marigny, and Christopher Barr. It could have gone either way for any of those three. I put Ben Keel, when I saw, when I was seeing the lineup, I was rooting for Brandon Elam because he's my, you know, he's my barber. He's on the team. Coolest dude. Um, so rooting for Brandon, but um he got ninth uh unfortunately but it was his best pro placing and i think he's gonna have a good future but uh seeing the top five i put ben keel first um Corey second just for my own like what i prefer in a, in a competitor and then chris bar third um but in the call out chris bar was smack dab middle so if the if the call outs went the way that they were placed in the call out. So if the finals went, so like if the placings went the way they were called out, then Chris Barr would have gotten first, Ben Keel would have gotten second and Corey got third, but Corey ended up winning. Um, so it was, it was surprising in a sense, but I can understand why he won. Uh, but I do think that Ben Keel just, he came in phenomenal. Um, and he just was absolutely peeled to the fucking gills. Um, so that was that was all I wanted to mention. I didn't really pay attention much to the men's open competitors. Um, classic physique, um, Thomas Allen 
that I was I was disappointed that Thomas Allen placed the way he did. Um, but it was I think it was also his first pro show. So Thomas Allen is the one that I mentioned to you sometimes. Um, Thomas the Tank, IFBB Pro, the one that I see in the gym sometimes that's enormous. Um, so he placed eighth. Um, I was in, I was sad that he placed eighth, but um, like I said, it was also his first uh, pro show. So um, it's actually really good placing for his first pro show. Um, most people don't place top ten for their first pro show. So. I'm looking um, at the uh, <clears throat> pictures of, and I'm going to mispronounce it, but Daniil Fampont, or however you want to pronounce his name, the guy who uh, won the men's classic physique. Yep, yep, Daniil. Um, yeah, I think it's Daniil. And uh, I have the site where I'm looking at all their physique pictures, and you can mm-hmm. see clearly that he's right-handed because <laughs> his right bicep, or right arm in general, has, has much more vascularity and definition, and... Size wise, they're about the same, but you can you can just tell that he's right handed, which I think yeah. I mean, cool. something to consider too with with being on stage is that sometimes the lighting is kind of weird. So sometimes like the the lighting on the uh, stage will look make you look like asymmetrical or whatever. But it just depends on. I mean, it also depends on your pose and all of that too. Um, so like when he's doing his most muscular, his right hand is grabbing his left wrist, so that that's going to alter the way his physique looks because it is asymmetrical. You know, his right hand is higher than his left hand. Um, but I he can see what you're saying. His right arm does look, in this most muscular photo I'm looking at, it does look more defined. He brought um, a great package, though. Yeah, let me pull up his Instagram here. Um, yeah, check out Ben Keel. Uh, ben Keel Pierre is his uh, Instagram. Um, dude look crazy. Um, I don't see any photos of him on stage. Yeah, B-E-N-Q-U-I-L. We're we're talking men's classic physique? No, that's men's physique. Sorry, that's men's physique um, that I'm talking about. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I see. Yeah. But classic. Oh, gee, this dude is shredded. Yeah, he Ben Keel is absolutely diced on stage. Crazy, crazy conditioning. Um, The guy that we're talking about for classic, um, what's his name? Um, Daniil, Daniil Fampanti, um, his front double, um, I think is the biggest one that could use work as far as posing goes. It it just like his midsection is most muscular looks phenomenal, but his midsection and his front double looks kind of washed out, but it also very much could be the photo too, because the photo does look kind of blurry. Um, the one that I'm looking at on his Instagram, um, But I mean, well, if you go to uh, was it the NPC News Online, you can see all of their show pictures. Oh, let me pull that up here. That's what I've been looking at. Okay, here we go. (coughs) Pro. Okay, gotcha. Um, Let me see. Pull up galleries. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I can send you a link if you don't find it. Check not the check-in photos. Okay. Yeah. Can you can you shoot? Can you text me that link? I'll email it, but yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Either way. Um, yeah, I was looking at just like this, like Volt or something like that. Let me see. All right, just send it to you. Cool. Was there even a men's open here? No, there was not. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even see it. Okay, so you just clicked on the names? Yep, you click on their names and you're able to look at their uh Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 gotcha. All right, Which, yeah. if you're looking at men's physique, you're just going to see the two poses. <laughs> that's my big um, thing against. That's why I don't like men's physique. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also my problem with men's physique is that there's not much more to it, but that's also the foundation of it is that well, we've yeah, talked yeah, about it's it before. Just, it's, it's just being the best-looking um, beach yeah, the, attire. Yeah, that's how it started, and it's just gotten to the point where it's like, let's see how diced we can get without being enormous. Um, I will say, uh, second place in the men's classic physique, Justin Batterina, long hair bros. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a look. Um, He's yeah, co- quads. I think, I think I would have, so yeah, Justin Batterina. Um, yeah, there Although, we go. Yeah. You can, you can tell he's a super white dude because his body is tanned out and then his face is just, <laughs> yeah, white as fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got a, he's got a good physique, uh, for classic. He's got the classic look. Um, let me see. Where's his front double? I don't even see a front double. It doesn't even look like he did a front double. Um, well, I might just not. Uh, yeah, they didn't this, take any photos it, of it. Yeah, that's that's more so what I mean. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, that's. I think I would have liked Corey Morris's physique more if he just. If his. For me, his, his front pose is just not as good as I think it could be. Um as far as uh, Christopher Barr, um, he was at the the seminar with Steve Weinberger, and Steve was like saying that Chris is almost his arms make him almost too big for men's physique. Um, so he said that's probably going to dock him some points because let me, it's let me it's, take a look. Yeah, his arms are kind of pulling away from his overall physique, and his arms in person will look way bigger than they do in photos. I mean, um, you can see that there there are some. He's got some absolute size and girth on these bad boys. Yeah, he's got some pretty big arms. Um, especially I, his left arm when he's doing his front pose, like it really kind of takes away from the rest of his physique. Um, I know you can't control it really; it's just like genetically how it is. But I hate how displaced his abs are because it's not the yeah the lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah, like when that's I was, when I was looking mm-hmm. at um, you know. Ben Keel, like his, I mean, great Ben Keel's abs are next level, but um, his are, you know, perfectly symmetrical and down the line. And mm-hmm. Christopher Barr's, I just, it, it irks me how that left uh, middle one is just popped up to the side. Yeah, that's, yeah, like you said, it's entirely like genetics. Yeah, you like, can't, you nothing, can't, control. yeah. And unless you go and like get actual work done on them, you can't really do anything about it. Yeah, it's like I know Derek more plates, more dates had like really bad abs, um, and supposedly he did something to fix them. I don't know how. I didn't really watch the entire video, but I know a few guys at the top of my head that like if they were to compete pro, they won't really do that well just because their abs are just so fucked, and it's just genetics. Like they have abs and they're protruding and all of that, but it's just like it's just so fucked. Um, that there's there's nothing that you know they can do about it um but yeah it's uh he did he place yeah he placed first at the wasatch pro i think as well um i want to say he placed first there as well Corey morris has done a few pro shows in a row yeah he beat ben keel at the wasatch pro um ben keel came in way better 
well, not way better. I think he came in better at this show than he did at the Wasatch. But I think Wasatch was kind of like him getting ready for um, the Charlotte Pro. I could be wrong. I think the Charlotte Pro is a bigger show. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think personally, Ben Keel had the better physique. That's just me. And he also had the better posing as well. Um, but in the if you're looking at the class of physique lineup, Tom... Well, that's I'm looking at the, the comparison pictures and... Yeah. Um, the only there's only like two dudes doing a vacuum on the front double. Everyone else yep. is ab flexing. Um, the guy second from the right in the um, lineup in their comparisons. That's in the Tom first Allen. in the first uh, call out. You mean? Yeah, in the first call out. Yeah. Okay. Um, second dude Tom from the Allen. right. You said yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's eight guys up there. Second dude yeah. from the right. Um, that's who I was rooting for. Um, but obviously. The it looks middle. like he has a lot more size on everybody else. It's just the definition is is where it's. I my mean, thing, I, let me pull up his individual pictures. Yeah, my thing with Tom personally, I think he's got a really good physique. I just think that he he had there's better opportunities for his posing. I think personally, like. I respect the hell out of the guy. Dude's such a nice guy. I just think that when it comes to posing, I think if he worked with a different posing coach, they could get him in a place that would really show off his physique. Um, You don't see it here, but his front, sorry, his side chest was where um, Steve Weinberger really picked him apart. Um, His front double was fine to Steve. And I think his, most his um front lat spread um he kind of tweaked his legs a little bit because tom allen takes a lot of uh influence from dorian yates with his front lat spread and and um you know kind of like relaxed pose um because of like the quad thing that he's doing and looking to the side that's very much a uh, dorian yates inspired pose um his front lats, his front double almost very much reminds me of Urs, like a very Urs type of pose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that if he just did some more work on his posing with a different coach than whoever he's working with now, I think he can get better placing. I don't like how on his side chest he's doing a uh, a hand together. Where do you see his crunch. side chest? Uh, I'm looking at. Oh shit! There's Tom. five albums. Oh, like there's pages. I thought there's only. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So his side, that's what I was talking about. His side chest, Steve just like ripped him apart. He's just like, what the hell are you doing with your hands there? Um, yeah. And he made him do like a typical side chest. And then immediately the next day, Tom posted a photo of him doing a side chest, doing the the hands together thing. I'm like, Steve Weinberger, the head judge, told you to do it this way and you're not doing it. I'm just like, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm just... It just it didn't make sense to me why he, yeah. why he went back, um, especially because he like tore him apart. It was like, dude, this may, this looks terrible. Like, you look great. He's like, don't get me wrong, you look great, but you could look much better if you do this. And he fixes his chest, his side chest, and then yeah, it, it didn't matter. Um, Pretty solid lat spread from the back too. Yeah, he did. He did help him with that. Um, he he helped him open it up more because uh, he was kind of keeping more in his core when it came to his rear lat spread. So he helped him open it up a bit more. Um, 
He's got really good bicep peak for a rear double, though. Yep. Um, his bicep peak is fucking crazy. Um, very, very short head biceps. I'm very jealous. But <laughs> I'll say, it, it, he's pretty awkward in his uh, in his quad ab uh, flex because his yeah because I mean obviously you think of like the the Jay Cutler stomp or even just Ronnie like doing his version of that and the way that Tom has his is he's kind of like up on a ballerina type yeah. thing with the and it's it's just weird to see that opening and yeah disproportionate calves to his quads too that's that's um, not great yeah i think it's just the way his legs are posing um but yeah he when he did when they did um an abs abs and thighs um he kind of tweaked them steve onberger tweaked them he had him more like scrunch inwards and spread his lats out more uh to create more of a v um but i guess um it wasn't what he was going for here but yeah he uh he what got eighth the, there yeah what was the scoring card like where's that yeah he got eighth in this one um oh, his... there's some hold on the the masters were there too what's the masters looking like rodrigo colo won the the masters for mm-hmm. men's classic physique for okay men's classic for 40 and up yeah rodrigo colo which yeah, is why you came in. He looks solid. He doesn't even look 40, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he doesn't. I mean, you can kind of see in his face a little bit, but that's about it. Masters over 50. That's wild that this is a thing. Yeah. Let me see over 50. Yeah, these guys are like, a lot of these guys are like younger 50s. They're not older 50s. Um, yeah, but still, like to do this in your 50s, I mean. Oh, yeah, it's impressive. It's very, very impressive. Well, I don't. I don't even put it as impressive. I, I put it at uh, dangerous. <laughs> I mean, we talked it about it. Be. Yeah, it can be. A lot of time it does show, though. The age does show, especially when you get into your fifties. Um, your structure kind of starts to fall apart. Um, yeah. Which is just—it's just part of age. Your 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 body goes through a lot of changes as you grow older. Um, so, and then like a lot of these guys too in their fifties, you'll see like the posing is way different than what other people do um it's just the difference in in generation i guess is what i would call it um so you will see the difference there in the type yeah. of posing that they're doing um but yeah i know he looks great for for masters over 50 and this is also a pro show too because I'm pr- so i'm pretty sure all everybody i don't think there is a am i don't think this is a pro am show um so you're telling me that there's potential at a uh at an amateur masters for some dad to just get up there oh full full dad bod and just fucking every npc show there's a masters over whatever and they're all like fucking half of them are like that i'm like i'm like dude respect for getting up on stage i'm just like instead, what are you instead doing? of Instead of board shorts, they're out there with jean shorts. <laughs> Dude, like legit, like there's one guy at one of the regionals I went to, um, looked great for his age, but he walked out in like the baggiest fucking board shorts I've ever seen. Like they're almost like down to his ankles. Like, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, you look like some like, like a construction worker that works in Boston and like refuses to wear pants during the winter. Like that's what it looked like. <laughs> I was like, you're just wearing like, you know, it's like long jean shorts and he it's has not like even a cold, man. hat on. Dude, it's fine. I'm I'm used to this shit. And wearing like a Carhartt jacket. I'm built different. Smoking Newports or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just built different, man. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's, it's, you'll see that. And it is what it is. Um, it, that's part of regional. That's why I tell people to like, go see a regional show and you'll see the type of people that get up there. Um, but, Do you know what the, uh, what the payout was for the, uh, Charlotte pro? Um, I think the total was 47 grand, I think. But as far as like who wins what, I don't know. I do know that I'm sure Class Physique won the most. Um, let me see if I can find out. So I was going to say, I wonder what the, because he said Charlotte Pro is one of the biggest pro shows. So I wonder uh, what the uh, discrepancy is between that and like the, I mean, obviously the Arnold has a bigger namesake, but you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the bigger pro shows. It's not nearly the biggest. Um, let me see if I can find out the uh, the dollar amount. I don't know if, if anyone will ever really talk about it. I do, like I said, I do know the combination of everything was forty seven thousand. Um, yeah, which is wild yeah, because that's not a ton. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the guy who ru- who runs it was at the um, seminar and he was talking about how like a lot of the money that goes towards the winnings like has to come out of pocket of the people running the shows. Um, and then they have to, obviously whatever they make from the show, they end up like they get afterwards. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, they, they pay out the winners and all of that prior to really getting paid out from the show itself. Um, and all the sponsors and stuff like that. So that's part of the problem. And that's part of why they didn't have men's open was because that there's like for a show like this, there's not many men's open competitors that would, go to something like this um because it's not a bigger show so a lot of guys won't in the men's open category won't put their body through it just to go to this show and not really win too much money um where they could focus on something like the new york pro or you know if they're doing men's open and they're not a pro maybe the aren't the arnold amateur if they can get a spot there i was gonna say the the, the probably the big part or the big winning from from this is like your pro points that you get like stacking towards like the yes. o or, or the, an arnold or something like that yes yes that's a lot of the reason these guys compete in these shows like that's why like Corey did the past like two or three pro shows is because i think he's trying to get his his spot at the o um yeah to compete so that's a lot of the reason why these people compete it's not about the money for these it's to getting to the o um and then that's so like if he I don't know if Corey got his spot for the O yet, um, but if he did, then he has a long ass time to to get ready for it. Um, it's going to be taking place in Florida this year. Um, the five winners of this weekend's competition will earn an invite. So he did win an invite. OK, cool. So he's going to, to the Olympia. Okay. Yeah. Which is Orlando, Florida, um, November 2nd through 5th this year. Um, which is surprising is not in, in Vegas. Um, also, isn't it just normally a December show? Yeah, normally it's December and normally it's in Vegas, but this time it's in Orlando. Um, so maybe if I have the time and money, maybe I'll go down. It's not that that's, far from me. That's only like I was going to say for you, that's that's not far. Even to drive that, that's not yeah, because that that's smack dab middle Florida. So I could probably get there in like eight hours, nine hours if I drove. Um, I mean, there's so there's potential for me to head down there. Um, but yeah, so that's that's when it's taking place. So now all Corey has to do is just focus on the O. So he might do like being April. Um, he might do like a couple month bulk, like slight. If it was like my guess is like a slight bulk for a couple months, then like a recomp. And then he'll get into probably like a 12 to 16 week cut um, going into, 
uh, the O for, for November this year. Um, so that's, that's my guess, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's interesting that they, they moved it to Orlando and that they, uh, moved it to November as well. So you, I wonder if that's because of how close the O is to the Arnold. Um, and I wonder if that's to give it a little bit more time for like the mm. dudes who want to do both and give them a little bit more breathing time. It's hard to say. Um, let me see. Because like Ramon, uh, for example, Urs did the, the the Arnold too, but like um, they're going from training for the for the O, which you know everything builds up to that, and then you get like a well, like a four week mini off, and then you're right back in it for for the Arnold. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like moving it that whole month earlier gives them just a little bit more time to kind of recover from the process. Yeah, I I mean I don't know if they would do something like that. Um just because the Arnold and the O aren't like the same people running it. Um Yeah, I get that. They did say that the reason they're, they they they're bringing it back to Florida cuz they had it in Florida for a COVID, I think, and then they brought it back to Las Vegas and they're bringing it back to Florida. The reason they're doing it in Florida again is because they're able to capture different sponsors in different parts of the country. So they hop back and forth to give sponsors, um, you know, more of an opportunity. So like Redcon one might be like a bigger sponsor to go after in Florida or like for like, for them to sponsor the Olympia would be a better opportunity in Florida because they're based out of Florida and they got the, you know, their big gym in Fort Lauderdale and they got their gym in Nashville and all of that. So um, they have a better opportunity there than they would in Las Vegas where, like even shipping stuff, you're going most of the way across the country to ship shit for, for like supplements and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. And I think also too, they, it, the, the less that they spend on the show itself, the more they can give out in winnings and soon enough, Arnold is Arnold's show is going to probably start taking over, especially for the, for the divisions that aren't the open because of the winnings, um, you know, more and more winnings, you're going to have more and more athletes focusing on that show in particular. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it just makes more sense. Um, but the Olympia will always for a very long time, it would take a long time for anybody to see the Olympia is not the biggest show each year. It's been the biggest show since the sixties. Um, so, well, I that's mean, what Dan Solomon said about it's, why it's, they moved to Orlando. It's like how they had, um, what was it before the Olympia? It was the, um, <sighs> Mr. Mr. Universe, yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, Universe was dethroned by by the Olympia pretty quickly uh, because the the Olympia was run by Joe Weider, and at the time, Joe Weider's magazines were how bodybuilders got out there. Um, so him running it, he was able to advertise the magazines and all of that, and it quickly became the biggest show of the year each year. Um, and I mean, that's why so many guys moved out to Venice, California, is because that's where Joe Weider was. I mean. I think Jay Cutler talks about it, how he moved out to California when he was like 19 and lived in a house with like six other guys um, who were all bodybuilders and shit, um, like literally on the on the beach. I'm like, dude, imagine the money that that fucking place costs now is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but he's well, that's, afforded, I guess, back then. That's that's such a thing. Like the, the cost of living, obviously, and co- just the cost of everything has gone up. And like if you want to fully dedicate yourself to the bodybuilding grind, you have to have like a, either a high paying job or daddy's mm-hmm. money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's no longer like Arnold. It was, was a poor, poor ass dude growing up mm-hmm. <laughs> and was able to, to get into it and become, you know, one of the greatest, but There's I don't know. There's no money in it either. 
back then. Well, and so that's the thing. Like, yeah, you have to be able to support yourself now because everything is just so much more expensive. So unless you have a really good footing in it, you can't dedicate the time and energy that you could before. Yeah. I mean, it's, they call it a rich people sport. Like it's like a, it's a rich person sport to compete in bodybuilding and it, it is very expensive. Um, it, it really just comes down to the food. That's my biggest thing. It's just the food that it comes down to. Um, not quite really anything else. Everything else is not as expensive as people think it is, especially anabolics. It's really, I mean, it can be very, very expensive depending on what you're running. Um, like, especially the men's open competitors, they're running so much shit. It's so expensive. But like if men's physique and even classic arguably is really not that much uh, for for money wise, at least. Um, but it's a food that takes so much money. Uh, I mean, I, I the amount of money I spent on chicken and egg whites is ridiculous. I mean, I broke, <laughs> go through a carton of egg whites roughly every other day, and that's $5 a carton. Yep. So, I mean, it adds up really quick because I'm, I'm probably going through like – three or four cartons a week probably give or take um so that's what 15 20 bucks i mean i'm spending anywhere from like 60 to 80 dollars a month on on egg whites alone let alone everything else so i mean it it adds up for sure um but it's it's just part of the sport and of course i had to pick a fucking sport that's so expensive like Mm -hmm. if i got into like golfing or something after doing lessons i mean it can be it can That's be expensive. Not the comparison that but golfing like, is just as expensive. Let me put it this way, though: like when you have a membership at a golf course or something like that, it's not like it takes a ton more money to keep it going. Like you get, I mean, you really got to buy your balls. That's like the biggest like variable expense. But like you can use the same clubs for a while. You don't have to get clubs every month or something like that, or new shoes every month or anything like that. Um, you know what I mean? So like that's. Like just as an example, I guess like basketball, you don't need shoot new shoes every week. See, or... that's that's the comparison. Go with like basketball okay. or baseball or something. Gol- golf is in its own stratosphere. Of, All right, of... it can be expensive, that's for sure. But um, basketball is, you know, you don't have to keep dishing out money. You know, you practice and practice, and then you play. Like, there's really not much expenses that go into it. But like bodybuilding is an extremely expensive sport. But I would argue the most expensive is anything involving vehicles. Uh, especially like four wheel, four wheel racing. That's extremely expensive, but, um, bodybuilding is, is pretty up there, especially for a solo sport that doesn't involve a mechanical, uh, vehicle. So I don't know, man. Cornhole is kind of expensive. (laughs) (laughs) All the custom boards you got to get to optimize your toss, your lobs. I need the rosin for my hands. (laughs) I prefer 500 grain bags. 499 is just ain't it. I'm missing that grain. I need one more, one more ball in there. For, you know what? Ridiculous. Fill it with sugar. Fill it with sugar. Let's do it that way. Oh, here's the segue. Segue the century. Um, yeah. Yeah. The other topic we want to talk about today was um was sugar because uh you know it's it's very very prominent in the world, especially in America. Um, for those that oh, yeah. aren't in America, um, we do have a solid UK population for for listeners. Um. Obviously, your guys' food laws and restrictions and all of that are very different from us. Um, and one of the biggest things is sugar. Uh, we put sugar in everything, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of also what we're going to get into as well is where that kind of came from. But um, sugar is the hardest thing for people to cut out out of their diets. Uh, that's easily the top thing that people have a, have a problem with. And it's because sugar addiction is very, very potent. Um, and it's been found that sugar is as addictive as cocaine. Uh, and people talk about how addictive cocaine is. So sugar is definitely up there. 
uh, one of the biggest drugs I would ever say is just junk food in general, junk food, sugar, all of that is essentially a drug because you can get addicted to it. Uh, so it's, it's something that people easily abuse. So we're going to be talking about that today and, um, the benefits of cutting it out. Um, because if you can cut that out, like for a lot of people who are overweight as well, I just say, just cut out sugar. If you just cut out sugar, the amount of weight people lose, just doing that, just that will change so much. So, uh, you know, it's just something to preach today because it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to cut. And I know what it's like. I mean, even we'll get into other options, but there's a lot of shit that's hard to cut out of your diet. So sugar is definitely the top one though, I would argue. And I would say like on the, the non bodybuilding side of things and just, you know, having people ask me for fitness advice, um, and asking for cutting and everything, I, you always just lead with what's your sugar intake every day, because Mm -hmm. for the regular person, you're cutting out sugar is the absolute hardest thing because Mm -hmm. like Paul was saying, the addictive qualities, but also like food tastes better with sugar on it. Like the like if you got a a regular like apple pie that was used with sweeteners and then you get a like organic like whole foods no sugar added apple pie like it's not going to taste as good like and so that make that really deters people from uh giving up sugar because they they want to maintain their um their the good foods that like the good tasting foods and that's like something that people always you know especially my parents they'll ask me like why do you eat like the same thing every day like it doesn't taste good like and i was like well yes but you you have to have a a bigger goal in mind and i can still enjoy food i just don't enjoy it in the same way that someone who eats you know a big mac every day and all that because those do taste good i mean if you enjoy the taste and all the added preservatives just kind of stack up and sugar in general just it's it's a killer because you also feel filled up with it so like for example if you ate <laughs> if you ate a family size bag of sour patch kids <laughs> like those big four pound bags <laughs> mm-hmm. if you ate all that you you felt you're filled up and you think you're full and inside your body is just craving real nutrients like it's it's just a really really messed up carb and it's not what you want to be consuming and your body doesn't know what to do with all that sugar either. Like if everyone, if anyone wants to really get freaked out, get a little Ziploc bag and then look up how much sugar is in a can of regular Coke. And then, (laughs) and then imagine all that, all, all of that weight of sugar in that bag. And you're literally looking like a full plastic bag. So it's a lot. It is mind blowing. And Mm -hmm. that's just a can of soda. And people are like, oh, I don't like, because if you think of like looking at the liquid, you can't actually see it because it dissolves. And so you don't think that there's as much. But if you look at the actual nutrition label, it's like 58 grams of soda in a single can of of Coke soda, like, which is absurd. That's like for, for my diet, at least 55 grams of sugar might be like what I take in for the entire week, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. From like, ex, <laughs> like other sources that just happen to have it in it. You know, like pineapple yeah, has a lot of sugar. sugars. Natural yeah, yeah, sugars. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I have pineapple every day and blueberries and all that. And those have like natural occurring sugars in them. Um, yeah. But I mean, you talk to anybody who's like, especially in the EU, 
uh, and they try a lot of our food that has sugar in it, they they can't stand the taste because it's just they're not used to the sugar. So it's like it just tastes terrible to them. Um, and I'm sure anybody in the UK that's listening can can kind of attest to that. If you try anything from the US, um, it, it kind of tastes terrible. And it's and it's like it's not even like we use like real sugar. Like it's not even like we use like cane sugar. It's like it's like fake artificial sugar essentially. I mean, it's not really artificial, but it's not like organic cane sugar that we're using. Um, and it's funny because my problem with it is, so I have, for those that don't know, I have ADD and the reason I have it is not because necessarily of like the attention issue. It's my dopamine levels. Uh, I have essentially no baseline dopamine. So for me, sugar is an issue, not because of the taste. Cause I can just put equal in shit, like equal sweetener. I'll put equal in my coffee and it tastes amazing. It's the, it's the dopamine hit that I get from it, uh, from the sugar that's hard, um, Yes, I love chocolate. I love these other flavored things. But like for me, for, for, okay, here's an example. So I drink zero sugar, uh, sodas like Coke zero, stuff like that. I love it. I love the taste of it. Super sweet. But, um, the other, this is like a couple of weeks ago, I sat down to eat my post-workout meal and I had tons of water in my workout. And I was like, I just kind of want a soda with, with this meal. So I grabbed uh, a bottle of Coke zero come to find out. I grabbed my wife's regular Coke, which I didn't realize. And I took a sip. I'm like, Oh fuck, this is good. And it hmm. like literally like stress just washed off me. I didn't realize what it was, but I was just like, oh, this is so good. This is exactly what I needed. This is so amazing. I took a few more sips and my wife's like, are you drinking my soda? And I'm like, what? And I look and it was her soda. I'm like, no wonder why I feel so fucking good right now. <laughs> like the dopamine hit was just so powerful. And that's the reason why sugar is so addicting is because it's, for me, it's the dopamine. It's the dopamine and, and it lowers like anxiety and stress and shit like that. Um, I mean, granted, the addiction will raise that stuff, but like, you know, in small amounts, it'll lower all that. So it feels good and you get addicted to that. That's what's so addicting about it. Um, so well, there's I mean, also there's also the, the reason why people get like caffeine dependencies, because you get that little bit of an energy kick because yeah, that's, yeah. sugar, it's not to the extent that, you know, caffeine or like nicotine will will produce for your body but like a little bit of a sugar rush will keep you focused for you know x amount of time and if you start balancing that like your body naturally produces the insulin when you excuse me when you take in that sugar and so as you continue to do that your body is producing higher and higher levels of insulin and that's when you have those big crashes and um eventually that leads to you know, your body not being able to produce as much insulin as it needs to. And then you start leading to why you have diabetes and your blood sugar levels start to drop and you need to actually intake sugar then because you have to force your body to produce um, more insulin. So if you, if you continue to eat more and more sugar, like there's a reason why doctors warn or even the FDA warns to keep your sugar levels under a certain gram total for any given day or week because a continuous buildup leads to these very, very life-altering, you know, medical conditions later on in life. And it might not even be later on in life. Like, I know a couple of people literally my age that have, you know, diabetes, not genetic diabetes, like diabetes that have been developed from intaking so much sugar because it's in everything here in the States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, like we said, it's not the naturally occurring sugars. That's the issue. It's the, yeah. it's the added sugars um, that ends up being the problem. And 
So like, here's my thing too, is that when you're talking, when we're talking about stuff that has added sugars, almost arguably, almost always you talk to somebody who's on the, you know, more healthier side like us, we would almost all of us argue that the zero sugar alternative actually tastes better too. So like the reason I bring this up is because Monster Energy came out with their zero sugar, uh, like green monster and it tastes and feels the exact same way the regular monster does. And there's no sugar. I'm like, like it even has that almost like corn syrupy, like, like thickness to it. You know what I mean? But it, there's no sugar. I'm like, what the fuck is the point of the sugar then? If we are able to get this to taste the exact same, like I genuinely cannot tell you the difference. Maybe if I did like a A to B comparison, I might be able to tell somewhat of a difference. But like when I try the zero sugar monster, from what I can remember, I'm like, this, this tastes exact same. Like this is exactly, cause I've been saying it for the longest time. I'm like, I love monster and I love a lot of their flavors, but their original is just something different about the original. And I'm like, I just want a zero calorie original and they came up with a zero sugar. And I swear to God, I could have come in my pants. Like I was like, it's, I saw it on a sign. I was like, there's no way. So I went hmm. into the store when I saw the sign, fucking bought it and tried it. And I was so happy. Um, but it's, it's like there's no real reason for us to put sugar into shit when there's no need to. Um, and that kind of leads back to why sugar became so prominent in the American diet. Uh, so this is something that, you know, I've, I felt that we should have talked – we should talk about today. And, you know, we're on the same page with this is that back in the 1960s, um, there's a foundation called the Sugar Research Foundation. Back in my day. Yeah, back in my day. <laughs> um, so – there's a published article in the JAMA Internal Medicine magazine um, that was run by the Sugar Research Foundation. And what they said was they wanted to refute their concerns about sugar's possible role in heart diseases. Um, and the SRF, which is the Sugar Research Foundation, then sponsored research by Harvard scientists that did prove that there's less of a role in heart disease than they thought it did that sugar had um which was then published in the new york new england journal of medicine in 1967 um but like it had no disclosure of the sugar industry funding it at all like they're like okay this is just the harvard scientists what this is what they found the, the sugar research foundation worked with them to figure it out and this is this is what they found but there's actually been evidence that sh the sugar industry and companies that have very prominent sugared products help fund this research because it helped push people to their door. It helped push people to buy their product. Uh, and because of that, they, the SRF um, in the 19, like 60s and also kind of the 50s found that they could actually persuade people towards a lower fat diet, but also increasing more sugar because they're saying that fat was the problem that people were having for heart disease, not sugar. Um but that's obviously not the case. So that's kind of where a lot of the sugar comes from today is because it's built up over time from the 60s and people thinking that fat was the issue when really fat isn't the issue. It's sugar that's the issue. Uh, you can have a very healthy diet with high fats. Um, but the problem obviously with fats is that calories is very dense in fats. And so there is there is some truth that like fat in diets can be harmful because excess fats can really build up your calories very fast. Um, especially when it comes to like fried shit, fried shit, just, just boosts your, your calories super fast. But, uh, sugar has a real actual problem because fats aren't inherently from my understanding, they're not inherently, uh, addictive. Like I'm not 
like sometimes I want peanut butter or something peanut butter flavored, but I'm not like craving peanut butter, or, like having withdrawals from peanut butter. You know what I mean? <laughs> so where with sugar, you can actually have like withdrawals from it. Um, so it's, it's a pretty interesting conspiracy that has been kind of seen as a lot of truth behind it. And for those in the EU that don't understand why we have so much sugar and that's, that's why is because of these fake studies and this money well, behind so- it. Fake fake studies has to be put in in you know asterisks, asterisks because yeah. the way that you know facilities handle or, or companies handle their um, testing is that they will continue to do the same test until they reach the number that they are looking for. So if they're looking for you know seven out of ten people reacted in in a better way to a sugar heavy diet than compared to a fat based diet which is the opposite but if you find you know individuals who are outliers and have them in the study groups you start to really fudge the numbers and you're able mm-hmm. to promote what you want to promote like so many companies and this isn't just sugar this is across the board for anything if you see a study you want to find a study that was not conducted by the company you want to find an independent like journalism group or something like that that completed the same study because they'll give you their you know first 10 so if the if like you'll see n equals 10 like based on the amount of studies that were taken and this is the baseline average across the board like you want to find independent companies that do that you never ever really want to believe what the company selling you the product is telling you like it's the it's the old thing about um toothpaste nine out of ten doctors promote this particular toothpaste and you go to like a dentist and they're all like what is this product (laughs) like you you want to find company or yeah independent companies that do this testing compared to what's on an actual can or or nutrition label yeah and a lot of it comes down to the wording too um yeah like that was kind of part of these studies was like they they had to publish that they found that there was a connection between sugar and coronary diseases, but they downplayed it to where it's like not much of a concern. But like it is a concern. They're just like, oh yeah, we found a link, but it's not that it, it's it's not as bad as people think it is. But it's like yeah. So like that's kind of how it worked. It wasn't like they couldn't just necessarily, especially in the sixties. There were a lot of these um, like the government was really starting to crack down on advertising and marketing and all of that. Um, especially when it came to like bogus studies and whatnot. So they couldn't really say that there wasn't a link, but they just downplayed it a lot. And that's kind of like the toothpaste thing. It's like they could ask 10 10 dentists and as long as – or like they could ask dentists and they could be like, oh, we asked 20 dentists and (laughs) these nine said that they recommend it. So like if we just look at this group of 10, then nine out of 10 of them you know, recommend it. It's just how they word it. Um, and these studies too, like uh, a lot of studies, if you've taken any classes on statistics, you'll know that like a lot of studies are kind of bullshit because they'll have a very small sample size and you can't really base anything off of a very small sample size. Uh, you have to have a very large random sample size and like doing like a double blind experiment where nobody knows what the hell is happening. And only the people who like really designed the sample or designed the experiment will really know. Uh, what's going on. Otherwise, you're going to introduce bias, you're going to introduce, um, you know, potential like fraud in a sense, depending on if somebody wants this experiment to go a certain way. So there's a lot of, you know, kind of nuance when it comes to, you know, these uh, studies and how you read them. So 
that's kind of where sugar came from. It was, they didn't really, people weren't reading the studies. They were just seeing sugar is better for you than fat is based off the SRF study or whatever. But it's like, they really downplayed it. I mean, if you're going to compare sugar to like drinking olive oil, then yeah, I would say have a little bit of sugar, but like, it's, it's just how you look at it. You know, it's how you, how you depict it and interpret it to your audience. So that's where a lot of our sugar consumption comes from. Um, but I do like, we're seeing somewhat of a shift right now, especially towards your sugar shit um, and healthier altern- alternatives, especially in the world of alcohol too. We're starting to see low calorie options, low carb options, stuff like that. But the we're starting to see it on the other end as well, especially with diets like keto, where they're like, oh, it's keto because it's low carb, but then they just load it with fats to like make it tasty. And it's like, in one way, yeah, you're cutting out sugar, you're cutting out carbs and all of that, but you're just, you're getting the opposite effect by having tons of calories worth of fats in this, in this, you know, snack that you're having, you know? So we're, we're starting to see the other side too, but sugar, sugar can be a very big problem. And that's what a lot of people have trouble cutting from their diets. And, um, I mean, even like, even aspartame, aspartame is what I have a lot of, uh, I think equal is aspartame and zero sugar has a lot of aspartame. And for me, I don't taste the aspartame like some people do. Um, so I love aspartame for that reason. I just taste the sweetness, but that's hard for me to cut out too. Like I've tried cutting out, like there was one period where, um, it was actually during this, you know, during the podcast, I was talking about it. It was a few months ago. It was probably like October or something where we did a, um, adrenal gland, um, reset for me. And I had to cut out everything artificially flavored. So like that was really hard for me to do because I had to cut out I had to cut out sugar. I had to cut out like literally everything that could be potentially artificially flavored. Um, and I kind of had withdrawals from like zero sugar sodas and like zero sugar energy drinks and stuff. So that kind of pushed me in the direction of like Zoa energy for that reason, because they have like naturally natural flavors in their, their drinks, but that's also hard too. So, I mean, there's a lot to plus, it, you know, plus Zoa, you know, is, uh, is owned by, uh, Dwayne Johnson, who is a, uh, natural, uh, person like he natural bodybuilder. Oh, so yeah, he, he promotes a natural lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, I like Zoa. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, I don't like their new design with the 12 ounces. That shit pisses me off, but um, it also doesn't look as cool. I like the blacked out, uh, cans. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm trying to do the new prime energy and that's, that's not bad, but what I'm glad about is that it's not actually technically owned by Logan Paul and Kai. It's just like, they own like a stake in it. That's like part of their deal their sponsorship deals that they just own a stake in it. So I'm like, okay, that's not as bad as I thought it was. Um, yeah. But I will say for, you know, regular soda compared to diet soda, a lot of people will say like, just complete, just throwing it out there. They, they say that diet tastes worse than regular soda, but they say that just because they don't want to give up the sugar aspect, you know, it's like mm-hmm. when you, when you have an addiction to something, and so in this case, sugar, like you, you come up with these excuses and personally, I don't even taste a difference between the two. Like some, some companies do a really good job of, you know, producing similar products. Um, mm-hmm. and if you did a blind test with someone who claims that regular soda is the only way I would be willing to bet that 75% of the time they are not able to spot the difference between the two. Um, yeah. And if anything, so, a lot of people prefer the zero sugar alternative because it's a lot sweeter. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but that also has, there's, there's some studies that have been done about whether, and this is not so much sugar, but it, well, I mean, it's based and rooted in sugar, but how diet soda is worse for you than regular soda. And like, there's studies that have been done for both. Um, and I mentioned how earlier, if you're drinking regular soda and you have the sugar intake, you have your your body produces insulin to counteract the sugar because that's like how your body processes sugar and how it yeah. can actually break it down. And so when you drink diet soda, your body produces the insulin anyways, because it if you've had regular soda, it thinks that it's going to be getting, you know, a sugar intake and so your body produces that insulin to kind of, you know, counteract it. And then there's nothing to counteract. So then you just have a higher level of insulin in your body and that can lead to, um, you know, heart effects as well later down the road. It's not like once or twice, like that's not going to affect it. But the studies suggest that in the long run, that also has potential negative aspects. So I mean, when I have conversations with people, I try and tell them just cut out, cut out soda in general. Doesn't even have to be the sugar option. Just try and cut out soda if possible. I understand it yeah. tastes good, but as a whole, if you're just, I mean, if you just drink water and coffee, you're fine. Like that, that's kind of your way to go. Yeah, and there's also like some of the fear behind it too that like uh, different artificial sugars cause cancer and like realistically that's not the case uh there's been a lot of studies on them uh the biggest one was saccharin back in the 60s um they said you know there's a study done they're like oh there's a higher potential for for bladder cancer in male rats if they had more saccharin in their diet uh but then after some time they reviewed and it was banned by the u.s government for that reason but then after some time, some independent researchers like reviewed the experiment and they're like there's really no way to actually prove this they're like yeah it's Granted, it's still banned from the U.S. government, but it's like there's really no actual evidence. Um, and most artificial sugars, um, there's a lot – there's so much that goes into what causes cancer. It's hard to say whether or not an, uh, an artificial sugar really did actually cause cancer for someone uh, because there's so many outside variables that can, yeah. that can play a role. So there's there's that there, – like I remember when I was a kid, like my dad was saying, oh, don't – like we're at Friendlies or something and he was like – He's like, don't have the sweet and low because it can cause cancer or something. And I, and I didn't at the time, I didn't really question it. But like now I'm like, there really isn't actually any evidence to that, you know, and like all, all of it's really just aspartame. It's really at the end of the day, it's just like a lot of those, a lot of those are just like aspartame. Um, and I can understand wanting to stay away from artificial sugar, um, especially for like kids and stuff like that, that can kind of play on their energy, which, you know, but um it, it's not really putting in the direction that people thought it was, you know, it's not as bad as people thought it was. And, uh, and at the end of the day, most of the time cancer is really just going to come about because of genetics and mm -hmm. there's not really much you can do about it. Yeah. Cigarettes have been found to cause a lot more cancer. There's abundant research and abundant evidence of that, uh, from independent researchers and all of that. And there's other forms, like obviously radiation is a problem too. Like there's been obvious sources of cancer, uh, but most of the time it's, it's really just comes down to genetics. Uh, and so will, that's, mm -hmm. uh, I'll just say that with radiation and causing it, 
you do have to, you know, decide when when push comes to shove. You know, the calorie count in uranium is is like two billion to the to the ounce. So you have to you have to you know kind of decide what your goal is here. Yeah, we mentioned that a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> let me look it up. Um, what the actual uh, caloric intake is. So it's for one kilo of uranium, it's twenty million calories. Yeah, I mean, so you have to decide like what what you would like in life. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I mean, obviously, anybody who knows anything about like the way nuclear power plants work, it's calories is just a measurement of energy. So like in a sense, of course, uranium has very high calories because it's just like essentially raw energy. So <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. But um, yeah, it's just like radiation can be, I mean, you guys, if you haven't seen, you got to get uh, a subscription to HBO Max and watch the um, Chernobyl uh, miniseries. Yep phenomenal miniseries and it really it really puts um radiation into perspective on how dangerous it can be and now it's like one of my biggest fears is the way of dying like that it looks so genuinely painful to die from radiation poisoning um which is kind of funny that we fight cancer with radiation you know it could be so dangerous but like they're like oh let's just target radiation at this bundle of cells um but yeah it's I have very high cancer in my family, very high amount of cancer in my family. Um, multiple people in my family, especially older generations, have died from cancer. Um, so it's it's a very high possibility I'll get it one day. Um, but I'm not going to live my life in any other way to try to avoid it because at the end of the day, like I said, it's, it's going to come down to uh, genetics. But um, one thing to mention too, though, is that there is actual links between like obesity and cancer if you're if you're on the obese side you have a much higher chance of cancer um and that's been clinically proven um with all different kinds of you know clinical trials and all of that uh so it's so that's something to take into account um if you're trying to avoid cancers you need to live a relatively healthy lifestyle to, to stay underweight um and relatively healthy so something to keep in mind, but yeah, so artificial sugar has been kind of downplayed as like dangerous, but it's really not. And it's, it's just unfortunate that people see it that way. Well, I think what's unfortunate too, is that artificial sugars have created such a stigmatism towards sugars in general. So then when I try telling someone that like, if you eat an apple in the morning and apples, natural sugars are equitable to the amount of sugar you could put in a cup of coffee. Um, mm -hmm. It people have told me like, oh, well, I shouldn't eat an apple then because of the sugar content. And I'm like, I mean, no, because it's it's natural sugars. Naturally occurring sugars are the kind of sugars that you should regulate and have a moderate amount of within your diet because those are the ones that your body can process. Those are the ones that your body is trained to process. Like producing that insulin to break down the sugars like that's your body is meant to do that it's the artificial sugars that overload your system that's the kind of stuff that really starts to mess with people and i mean there's sugar in so much more than people think like we 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 make the the joe rogan burger joke all the time but mm -hmm. burgers at in fast food places have sugar in it like artificially mm -hmm. added sugars in it which is wild to me because if you think about buying like, you know, whatever percentage lean beef that you want and you make your own patties, at what point in making that burger patty did you add <laughs> sugar onto it? Like 
it, yeah. to, to me, it is wild to think that these fast food places have sugar and literally fries. Their fries have a sugar content, <laughs> I mean, which is absurd. Some of the best seasonings and sauces out there are just extremely high in sugar. Yeah. Like one of my favorite barbecue sauces is, um, uh, I think it's Stubb Sticky Sweet. It's just extremely sweet barbecue sauce. And it's just like, it's it's so good because of the sugar. It's just phenomenal tasting. And I think that kind of comes down to like also why there's so much sugar in burgers and all of that is because of the seasoning that they use. Um, mm. Part of it is like sugar and a lot of seasonings, a lot of uh, like barbecue seasonings and everything um, have brown sugar in them. Um, but that's why like part of my meal plan and diet is like no sugar seasonings and they're they're really good one of my favorite barbecue seasonings is kinders which you can buy at walmart and it's zero sugar it's phenomenal it tastes amazing um but also there's other kinds that are really really good with really high sugar so make sure you just read your labels because a lot of these seasonings their first ingredient is sugar which is annoying it's let so me annoying. tell you let me tell you about a thing called yellow mustard <laughs> oh zero <laughs> calorie straight mustard seed Zero everything. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. just just sodium. Enjoy. <laughs> Mustard and hot sauce. Yep. Fucking bang in combination. Um, yep. I cook exclusively with hot sauce. Like there's absolutely zero other additives to my, my cooking process. It's it's literally just salt, pepper, hot sauce. Done. When I when I do chicken, I do nothing. It's just plain. Yeah. Um but when I do steak, I do Montreal seasoning, which is different kinds of peppers. And then I do coarse kosher salt on the top, mm-hmm. like over it, um, which is what I sent you in a photo. That was just Montreal and kosher salt, uh, yeah. which is phenomenal. That's the only thing. That's the only downside to Montreal is that it's missing the salt. It needs salt. But when you add salt to Montreal, oh, fucking perfect. So good. <laughs> um, but yeah, sugar, sugar is a sugar is a real problem. Um, and it's just unfortunate that that they had to these marketing companies and um, I mean, anybody who works in marketing and sales knows that there's, there's ways around um, giving people bad, not really bad information, but information that they don't want to hear. You know, you don't, you you just don't mention it. If you just don't say it shit like that, like that's, that's really enough to like kind of get around it. Um, And that's, that's the reality for, for these sugar companies and these candy companies and all of that is that, back in the sixties, they just got around it by not mentioning it. And I mean, it was like a problem with cigarettes because in the sixties they were saying that like doctors approved of cigarettes. Uh, but it wasn't, that was never a case. That was never the case that doctors ever approved of cigarettes. Um, there have been benefits seen from cigarettes, for instance, where like it helps the constipation, uh, stuff like that. But cigarettes can be extremely, obviously everybody knows cigarettes are extremely addictive. So just kind of stay away from them if you can. Uh, but they can they can help in different ways, but it's yeah it's just it sucks it sucks that they gotta put so much shit in everything, um and make it so so addicting. I mean, there's nine teaspoons in a fucking can of sh- of soda like that's so much sugar nine teaspoons, like that's insane. That's like, what I made the reference. So made a reference of the plastic bag earlier. Like literally, just what people should do as a little experiment is if you don't track your food track your food for a day determine how much sugar and grams or teaspoons uh that you intake with that given diet and then go and get like you know 
salt is way cheaper than than sugar get like salt just for the for the physical representation because it weighs the same or mm-hmm. roughly the same and just fill a bag with that and just show yourself how much you're actually intaking it's gonna blow your mind and what sucks too is that like like especially for me that now that i drink equal in my coffee because that's all i put in my coffee is just a teaspoon of equal um it's like the equal and artificial sweeteners are much sweeter than sugar. So you don't have to put nearly as much in something to make it sweet. Where like, if I were to do sugar, I tried it one time where I was like, okay, I made a mug of equal and I made a mug with sugar. I said, how much sugar do I need to put into it to make it equally as sweet? And it took so much sugar for me to make it equally sweet. Like I had to take out some of the coffee because I had to put more (laughs) sugar and I'm like, okay, it's about equal now. And it was cane sugar. Granted, it was organic cane sugar. And I was like, this is insane. Like I'd have to have like extra, extra sweet if I went to Dunkin's just to make it like as sweet as my like equal, you know? So like, that's also a problem too, is that it's not as sweet as people think it is, you know, which sucks. And Um, that's also like sugar was built like a a sugar based diet is built on, you know, efficiency and being able to eat small amount of things and feel full filled up, which is what sugar like added sugars are like artificially added sugars does for a diet. You feel filled up, which you aren't like, Mm -hmm. and that's part of what makes it difficult in the gym world because for us, when we, you know, tear the muscle fibers working out, your body needs to re- needs to be replenished by, you know, a high protein diet directly after a workout or prior to a workout, a high, you know, relatively high carb. So you have the energy throughout your workout. And if you just have a high sugar content or artificially added sugar um, content for your diet, your body is running on fumes. Basically it starts eating at itself because it doesn't have the ability to draw the energy from anywhere else. Like think of like a camel storing water and it stores that water. And so it can tap into it. Your body stores different proteins and carbs to it within its body as like the emergency fuel, which is what it taps into when you have so much sugar in your diet. And that's why people who experience not seeing gains or not losing the weight they want to gain or lose the weight they want to lose or gain the the weight they want to gain. That is all attributed to your body, not having the actual, you know, if you want to think of it as fuel, you don't have the proper fuel in your system to actually achieve your fitness goals. You won't even have the same, you know, strength levels in the gym and with one diet compared to the other, like a couple months back when Paul was going through keto, like we we talked about how his energy levels sucked in the gym because mm-hmm. it's hard to maintain, you know, a high energy level when you're burn or when you're just working on or your body's just burning uh, fats for its energy, um, which is what happens when you're on keto um, and vice versa with a with a sugar diet. Your body can't burn sugars the way it can carbs. And so when you're in the gym and granted, you know, candy does have carbs, but it's not like clean carbs this is what we mean by exactly and it's it's tough for your body to produce the kind of you know caloric push that it needs to to produce the energy so Mm -hmm. if you just want if you're not locked into a into a strict diet like for example if i had you know a bag of m&ms my body would just shut down like my body knows to turn away foods that it doesn't like that aren't 
peak efficiency just because of the time and length and, and like consistency I've had with my diet. Um, I even get it with like pizza now. I can't even eat pizza. My body will turn it off. Um, but if you don't have a super strict diet and your body isn't going to turn away food, then just try having a clean day where you like eat rice, rice and chicken, some red meat in there and see how you feel in the gym versus waking up and having like chocolate chip pancakes and then going and having, you know, a, a like a, high, a smoothie from Dunkin's because mm. it tastes good. Like, and then see how your energy levels are in the gym and you will see a wild difference. Yeah. And eating like crap too, especially for when you're so used to eating, like eating clean, you don't realize how good you feel, which we've talked about mm -hmm. before. You feel phenomenal when you eat clean. Um, when you eat something crap, like you just like, it's, it, it sucks. And like yesterday, um, I got to write this down my meal plan, uh, for my coach, but I had a bite of, um, cinnamon roll when we went to Cineholic, which is like a custom cinnamon, uh, cinnamon roll company. And I didn't have any food prior to that including protein. We just, I had, I was out of egg whites. I was just out of like shit that I needed to make my breakfast. So I was like, you know, let's just go get cinnamon roll and then we'll, uh, we'll get some coffee and then we got to run to her work and then we can run home. Uh, my wife's work. And like, I was so like, it, it just, I felt like crap and I felt just so depleted because I didn't have any protein in my system. And like, I just like, I was like, man, I was like, I was like, why do I feel like crap? I was like, I haven't really eaten anything today. I was like, what? There's something missing. I'm like, I'm having water. I'm like, I had the, like a bite of food. Like I have some carbs in my system. I'm like, what is it that makes me feel like crap? And it was just the lack of protein. That's all it was. I was just like, once I realized that, like I just started craving chicken or drinking my egg whites or whatever. I was like, I just need protein in my system. And I didn't realize how much protein really affected the way I felt until I didn't have it. And I was like, fuck, like I really need that protein in my system. And I just felt so, so depleted. Like I had no energy and we went to her work and I was helping her with some of her work um, to get ready for this week coming up. Uh, it's a long story, but basically I was helping her and I like a minute felt like an hour. I was like this, like this really fucking sucks. Uh, and I, it, I felt so much better when I got home and I had some chicken and egg whites because I kind of combined the proteins because I was like. I, I need this in my system. So I had chicken with a little bit of the no sugar barbecue seasoning and then just drink my egg egg combined with egg whites. And I was like, oh, much better. Passed out for a half hour and I woke up and I just felt like a new man. I was like, this is fucking awesome. So yeah, the protein protein plays a huge, huge role um, in the way But Paul, well. if you if you eat the sugar during the anabolic window, the half hour after you work out, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually count. It counteracts <laughs> itself. That's why... That's why Planet Fitness gives you pizza and Tootsie Rolls and bagels on Fridays. Absurd. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's like eating clean and then not eating clean. You'll genuinely feel a massive, massive difference. But if you're only ever used to eating like shit, you're never going to know what the difference really is. Uh, and so, your body might not even accept eating clean foods. That's why you have to make it like a gradual, like, it's like when you try and get someone on an addictive thing to, you have to wean them off it. You can't just go cold turkey most times because it's yes. like dangerous for your body. Yeah. So like someone who's used to going to like Wendy's every day for their lunch break and then you, you try to shift to, or you cold turkey and you go just homemade meals of, you know, some clean, uh, you know, well, I always, I always fall back on rice, um, mm -hmm. you know, some kind of rice-based meal. Your body will probably start to 
really get mad at you and you might get like stomach aches and you might even get even worse sick because you're just your body's not used to the sudden change that you threw at it um we also notice this too with like um timing of meals too like people oh yeah there's a lot of people that can't have breakfast because they're so used to waiting a few hours after they wake up to eat like just because of like work or whatever it is um I used to be that way before I started with my first coach. I, I would sleep in until like almost like 11 o'clock noon every day because at the time I was just like a teenager. You know, I didn't really care. Um, so having to wake up, not really necessarily wake up early, but transition to eating after I wake up sucked. But you have to get used to it. You have to force your body to get used to eating and digesting food right after waking up. But then once you get on that plan – you can't really get off it because when I wake up, I need to have food within a half hour of waking up or else my stomach starts growling and I fucking lose energy and I feel like shit and my mood goes down, like everything goes down. So that's one of my main priorities. I wake up, walk the dogs, give them food. And then while they're eating, I'm eating. And yep. that's our routine every day. Um, I walk them so that I can wake up, you know, get some fresh air, whatever. And then I'll come back in, eat, make my coffee and start work. But if I don't eat within a half hour, 40 minutes, whatever it is, I genuinely feel like shit. Um, and I just am so fucking hungry, especially when I was, when I'm low calorie, like when I was low calorie, um, during keto or, um, when I was doing any sort of cut, like it, I had to eat after I woke up because I digested all the food I ate the night prior. So even though like some of my meals in the morning, like my meal used to be like some egg whites and an egg, you know, like just like basically eggs. And I still just crave the shit out of that because I'm like, I just need something in my stomach. Like, that's all I need. Um, granted, right now, I also have Ezekiel bread or oatmeal. So I just drink my egg whites. But at the time, I had to eat them because I needed a solid substance in my stomach to tide me over till my next meal. Um, and the genuine hunger you get from like clean foods is way different from like junk food, you know, because people don't realize that they snack so much. And that's also a problem of mine too. Take, take it a bite here, take it a bite there, whatever. But like, you know, I was, I've always been a huge snacker my whole life. So getting off that and getting to just six meals a day is very hard. Um, and you know, not eating for two to three hours is very hard for a lot of people, but that's also part of the process. Um, and a lot of it, like I tell a lot of people we're talking about today, is just the first step is cutting out sugar. Uh, and then from there cutting out excess junk. Uh, and that just plays an enormous, enormous role. And that's why so many people like, I hate this bullshit like thing where they're like, Oh, I prefer fruit over candy. It's like, dude, you're still eating a shit ton of sugar. Like, yeah, it's naturally occurring, but like you're having a gigantic bowl of fucking fruit. You're not really supposed to have that. <laughs> like you're not really supposed to just chow down on watermelon, grapes and blueberries and pineapple and shit three times a day, you know? So well, that's why, that's why, um, you know, Island people who just eat the, the fruits that are around them, they're generally pretty skinny because it's, it's almost like hunter gatherer type mindset because you're just eating the fruits that are there and you're literally training your body to just feed off of, you know, what carbs are available, but mostly the natural sugars that are there. Yeah. And it, they're generally pretty, you know, smaller people. Yeah. But the, also the problem with that too, is that they don't have a consistent source of protein. Um, so like, one of the one of the arguable diets out there, I don't really know necessarily what it's called, but basically you kind of live almost vegetarian and then you have a meat like maybe two times a week, you know, whether that's steak or chicken or whatever. 
um, because that's essentially how we used to live as Neanderthals. We would have the hunter gatherer like fruits, berries and vegetables and whatnot after we learned how to farm, but we couldn't consistently hunt, you know, we couldn't consistently eat protein unless we got some big ass animal. And then that's when you started to bulk up in muscle and everything, but very seldom was animal protein, like in diets, you know, it was, it was yeah. a reward, you know, it was, it was like, it was a treat to have animal protein. Um, so that's also something to take into account too, is that that is essentially not how we're supposed to be eating. Like the way, like the way bodybuilders eat, the way we eat is not maintainable. Like this is not the way we're supposed to be eating as humans. Like this is not a good way of eating. That's why I don't say people should eat the way I eat because it is not good. Like the amount of chicken I used to have is like, now it's not as bad. It's almost, it's, it's a little over a pound, but I, I was cooking over two pounds a day, like cooking, like as an adjective, like I was eating over two pounds a day. And like, that's a shit ton of chicken. We're not supposed to have that much chicken. Like the amount of fucking like actual chickens that were dying because of me is ridiculous. <laughs> like I'd have like probably like four, five, maybe six chicken breasts a day, depending on how big the breasts were. And so like, that's not maintainable. Um, so that's also something to take into account is that like bodybuilders on top of the drugs are also eating so much food. Like we're not supposed to eat this way. Um, even though it's clean, it's not a good way of eating. It's not a good way of living. Um, so just, just the general life of people should be like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and like a small snack in between breakfast and lunch and then lunch and dinner. And then after dinner, like that should be pretty much it. Um, until you wake up the next day. That's like really the ideal way of eating. Um, so it's, you know, to get there, the first step is the sugar. And like I said, that's the hard part. Uh, but sugar affects way more than just your body fat. It, way, it affects way more than just your body weight. It, it affects your hormones as well. Uh, especially in women, it affects their estrogen like crazy. Uh, for guys, it affects our estrogen. It also affects our testosterone too. Um, same with alcohol. Alcohol plays a huge role on our hormones. So, um, you gotta be careful of stuff like that. Um, I measure my blood glucose roughly every three days. So it's every Saturday. And then I do it either Tuesday or Wednesday, um, throughout the week or each week. I try to mix it up. I try to do like Tuesday, then Wednesday, then back to Tuesday or like do two, two Tuesdays in a row. Like, but I'm almost, almost always sticking around 96 milligrams and you want to be like the same blood glucose level pretty consistently. Um, but as far as like hormones goes, um, it, it can reduce your hormones or your testosterone. I mean, it can reduce your testosterone in men, uh, for, if you, if you're taking a lot of sugar, it can, it can generally reduce it and then also increase your estrogen as well. So it's, it's, it kind of hurts your progress in the gym. You know, if you're taking in a lot of sugar, uh, you can utilize sugar for the gym, you know, power lifters eat, um, like gummy candies and stuff that digest extremely fast. So they have the energy, but that's a different story than just eating sugar while you're chilling at home. So yeah, and that's, that's a very tiered support. Like it's, it's yeah. utilized for a very specific reason. It's not like they're eating it because either they want to, or because they want like the taste bonus. They're doing it for a very specific reason to push through mm -hmm. this set or something like that. And even then there's better options too. Like there's, there's intra workout powders that are specifically designed for that. And they use dextrose, which isn't even a sugar. It's a fast digesting carb. That's not a sugar. So there's better alternatives to just than just eating like gummy candies or something like that. Um, you can even drink like um, like body armor. Body armor is a good Gatorades example. Gatorades too. Gatorades wow. as well. That's exactly what Gatorades are for. It's dextrose that's in them that yep. makes them so high in calories. Is dextrose and it helps with your workouts. It helps with sports. 
uh, keeps your endurance and stamina up. So that's just like, which is funny to mention because people forget that about Gatorade. Gatorade is designed for intro workout energy. Yep. People forget that. People my, just drink it just regularly. My coach has it in my my workouts, like specifically as an intro because, yes. you know, also balancing, you know, the, the budgetary restrictions that, that my lifestyle has, like, I can't afford to be buying, you know, the top tier intra workout powders or whatnot. Yep. So our alternative is, you know, just go spend six bucks on a 12 pack of Gatorade, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it, Gatorade is very cheap for what it is. If you really think about it as like an intra workout drink, it's very cheap. I will say though, for anybody who's considering using Gatorade as an intra workout, you can't get the the zero sugar Gatorade options because you, when you take out the, the sugar aspect of the Gatorade, you lose all the carbs. There's like one, yeah. one gram of carbs in there. Or I mean, they're smart for making it, it though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're targeting the people who just drink it like regularly, like yeah. just for flavor, which is good. Like sometimes I crave a Gatorade. Like there's times where I crave a Gatorade and I buy the sugar, the zero sugar one um, yep. just for the flavor. But you also want to stay away from the frost ones too. Um, the, the different shape bottles, they're like kind of like an hourglass almost. Um, yeah. Those ones are just very high sugar. So you want to buy this specifically the G2s or the regular Gatorades. Yeah, just regular standard yeah. stuff. Yeah, those – and if you read the label, one of the top ingredients is going to be dextrose, and that's the one that you want. Um, I think there's su- there are sugars in it. Um, there's a lot of sugar in Gatorade, and that's yeah, the one downside for it. Yes. Or but, artificially added, I'll say. Yes, um, but the dextrose is what you, you're getting it for. Um, yes. But that's also where body armor came into play. Body armor came into play as – as another alternative to that it's more expensive but you can also get like you can get a bottle of body armor for roughly a dollar um not the bigger bottles but like you know one of the like the 16 ounces or whatever 20 ounces whatever they are yeah if um, you have like a wholesale near you like bj's or costco or something like that you can probably find pretty good uh, bulk like here at, around here the the bj's price you can get pretty low prices for like the 16 ounce uh mm-hmm. body armors yeah i think Body armor at Walmart, I think is a dollar bottle, something like that. I think it's lower if you go to a wholesale place like that. But I think like, but what's also good about Walmart is that you're not buying a case of it. You can buy individual bottles for a dollar. Yeah. Um, so you, could be bar- you can have different flavors, but um, that's where bo- body armor came about. And that's where like Prime is trying to sit is they're like, oh, we're compared to Gatorade. We have all these different electrolytes or no, they compare themselves to liquid IV too. They're like, oh, compared to liquid IV, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Prime is not really efficacious in any way. It's kind of like the opposite of liquid IV. Like never the opposite, but like liquid IV has its place and they're not, they're kind of pushing towards uh, sports a little bit, but it's not really kind of what people in sports or bodybuilding or anything use liquid IV for. Um, for those that don't know, liquid IV, drip drop, whatever you want to call it, whatever brand it is that you use, um, it helps with your body retaining water. So. Uh, it's a powder that you mix into a drink. Sometimes they're pre-bottled. Um, they It helps your body with – so you drink like let's say like a 16-ounce water bottle. If you put liquid IV in there, that 16-ounce water bottle will make you feel like you've had water for a longer period of time. It, it's actually 24 ounces now. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but it's like it helps with um, – it helps with dehydration. Uh, so if you're going to be, so like, for instance, if like, let's say you have like a two hour game of something, whatever it is, and you have like a bottle of liquid IV prior to that, um, 
you bottle water with some liquid IV, you're going to not feel as dehydrated uh, throughout that game or sport, whatever it is that you're playing, as you would have if you just drink regular water. But that's not to say that you shouldn't be drinking more water. It just helps you with not feeling dehydrated. Um, so Prime comparing to liquid IV is kind of dumb because I'm not going to drink Prime so that I can feel you know, not as dehydrated. Um, I don't, I've never even tried prime in the first place, but, um, their place is just like, kind of like an alter, a different option in comparison to Gatorade, but Gatorade has been around for so long. It's just a better priced option. And in my opinion, it's better price and you have more flavor opportunities and all of that, especially in the UK, uh, any of our UK listeners will know what prime is. Um, prime is almost like a status symbol, uh, over in the UK. Uh, if you have prime, you're the shit. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like gum back in middle school. <laughs> well, I was going to say it has almost the opposite effect, uh, here in the States because whenever something goes mainstream and it's just like the hype show, people think that you're drinking it just because of the hype show. Yeah. Whereas like people doing what we're doing here, like when I drink Gatorade in my workout, I'm not doing it because I want to show people I'm drinking Gatorade. I want to do it because I'm specifically drinking the Gatorade for, the different levels that I'm getting from it. It's yeah. it's so you just have to battle the, the, the mindset side of things. Yeah. And I mean, it just sucks that, I mean, so like prime, I think is like, is distributed and owned by an actual like energy drink or not energy drink, like a bottling company. But I think like 20% of it is owned by Logan Paul and Kai. Um, I think, um, so it's something like that percentage. I forget what it is. Um, or is it Kai? I forget his name. KSI. KSI, KSI, it's not Kai, yeah. KSI. Um, so they own like 20% of it or something, which is part of their sponsorship deal is that they get like equity in the company. So it's tied to them because it's an influencer brand. They use influencer marketing, um, mm. which has worked. But in the States here, people don't really like Logan Paul. So, <laughs> so it's hard to like kind of support the company because we don't want to support Logan Paul. Um, that's my opinion. And that's also kind of like comes back to um, like the, he, he did a video comparison between like, I think it was one with Gatorade and prime and then also one with liquid IV and prime. And he just had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. Um, and more place, more dates did kind of dissect that video. So if you guys are interested, um, check out that video from him, but, uh, it's none of it's really like as efficacious as they say it is. And the way they target it is they're like, Oh, we have one more, we have like 10 more milligrams of electrolytes or whatever in comparison to like liquid IV, but it's like the actual type of electrolytes is not as high quality or efficacious as like liquid IV is like, there's a reason that they have that specific number um, where with prime, with everything in the, in the bottle, they specifically hit like a little bit above the competition to argue that they're better than the competition, but they're not talking about the actual ingredients themselves, just the con- the quantity of it. So that's what Derek kind of really dissected was like, yeah, you might have like technically more, but doesn't necessarily mean it's better, you know? Um, so, you know, that's why I kind of stay away from prime. The only reason I bought prime energy drinks is because it's a dollar a bottle or a dollar a can at vitamin shop right now, which I, I take advantage of Uh really, <laughs> at, really good deal. At heart. We're still the, uh, the, the bargain hunters. <laughs> yeah. I don't buy energy really on occasion. I'll buy an energy drink, but I really just rely on the vitamin shop $1 deals, um, which are awesome. I love the $1 deals at vitamin shop. Um, but yeah, yeah so I bought only, some of those. The only, uh, 
energy drink. I'll do one energy drink a week just on my Saturday nights when I'm with all the guys. Um, just because I've had a long week of work and Saturdays mm-hmm. I'm getting, you know, my personal work done. And by the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm with them from like eight in the afternoon to midnight. And like that period of time is just a tough window to stay awake. So I do, um, I'll do the rain energy, but I do the, the, the zero sugar thermogenic one that they have. um, Interesting. Yeah. You picked the thermogenic one. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the, the one that I, I mean, of course I'm reading every label and I refuse to take in more artificial sugars than the Gatorade that I'm drinking like that, that. The, the Gatorade that I drink per, and I only have it on workouts, excuse me, has 35 grams of sugar, but well, between 33 and 35. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the max I want to be intaking for like the entire day. Everything else mm-hmm. is tiered to not have any, like a little bit of like, you know, natural sugars. Like I'll have an apple at some point in the day. Um, but for the most part, it's completely cut out. So this particular energy drink, like I, I know, you know, all, all the different energy drinks that are in the shelves. And I'm, I personally stay away from all C4 products just because I hate the hype train that's with <laughs> C4. So I stay away. And also I've reacted badly to C4 workout or uh, pre-workout. So How I so? tend to, I just didn't get anything out of it. Like it wasn't okay. like a negative reaction where I was like hurling. It was just, I took it uh-huh. and it was like, one, it tastes like shit. And two, it's like, I'm not actually getting the, the, either the spider tinglies or the focus or the pump that I want out of my workout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have my different, my, I, I have different pre-workouts now that are way better. Um, but yeah, I just, when looking in the store, I saw all of them and rain was one I didn't know too, too much about. So I did a little bit of research and their zero sugar option is pretty decent. So yeah, I like rain. They have really good flavors. Um, yeah, I think they're just the pre-bottled shit. Like, um, I, th- I don't think they actually have like a powder. Uh, I think they started off as like a pre-bottle drink, but um, yeah, rain's good. I, why is it that you picked the um, thermogenic specifically? Uh, well, Before one, the, the zero sugar and two, the can just look cooler. If I'm being <laughs> completely honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I personally, I've always stayed away from the thermogenic just because I don't want um, increased body temperature whenever I drink yeah. an energy drink. I don't want to like, but I like, their, their flavors are really, really good. Their orange dreamsicle is phenomenal. Um, and I love their white gummy bear as well. That one's really, really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I only get, I just get the $1 bottles when they have the sale. Um, they had one from a brand called lost and found, um, recently, uh, which is, it tastes really good. Um, the only problem with lost and found for some reason is that they put a lot of like color dye like food dye in the drinks to make the color of the drink like the liquid the actual color of the flavor yeah. so like but like it makes no sense because it's in a like non-see-through can so like what's the point you know um so that's the only problem that i have with um with that brand specifically but um yeah i, I love the zero sugar energy drinks i the caffeine also helps a lot like i've said with my add so that helps a lot with for me and that's why um I drink a lot of coffee, not a lot, I guess like a couple mugs a day. And then like, I usually have like one energy drink and then I have my pre-workout. Um, for me, the C4 pre-bottle pre-workout is actually not bad. Um, I, this, the regular C4, um, has a little bit of beta alanine in it. So that's fine for like, a, um, like a leg day, like legs, I have to stay away from any sort of pump pre-workout. So I don't mind like the C4 pre-bottled for that, but their C4 ultimate's not bad. 
Um, it's just a regular C4 that's way overhyped. Um, the C4 Ultimate is like the only actually like efficacious pre-workout that they have, in my opinion. Um, but that's, that's, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, pre-rolling energy drinks, I like how they're going in the direction of zero sugar. It's good. I'm really happy that they're doing that. And that's kind of where Bane came from. Um, Bane kind of started it, um, which started from a bet, a lost bet, apparently, is what the rumor is. Um, what, the company started with a lost bet? Yeah, so the actual brand is, um, oh, shit, what's the actual brand? I forget what it's called. There's an actual, it's a, it's like a, the brand that owns Bang has other, um, let me look it up, has other um, uh, supplements as well. Um, let me see who owns it. The guy who owns Bane owns that company. Um, v, I think it's VPX. Is it VPS? VPX, I think. Um, so it's a, it's an actual brand um, or like company that owns the brands. So Bane came about supposedly because the guy who owned Bane like lost a bet. <laughs> and to like make up the money, he had to come up with like a new source of income because – Redline, which is the pre-bottled company that is for like pre-workout, um, is Redline Extreme was like their only product. So he's like, I need another source of income to make up for this bet. Supposedly, this is what I heard. Supposedly, um, so he made Bang and had like a few flavors come out, and then it just fucking skyrocketed um, into the stratosphere uh, as far as like popularity goes because it was z- zero sugar, like basically no calorie. And it was extremely sweet. So um, people were buying it because it was a great alternative to what they were having before. So that would be like sugared energy drinks. So it was just the newest thing on the market. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it came about, which is a funny story. But it is owned by a bigger company, which is called VPX. Um, hey, hey, want to bang? JK, my name's Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb. Of course, it's to Kyle. Um, but they did lose like a one point something billion dollar lawsuit to monster, um, because they're claiming that the, the owner kept claiming that, um, the super creatine was reversing mental retardation. Um, oh, gee. so they monster sued them like into the fucking oblivion. Um, they ended up winning like over a billion dollars from it. And that's how they were able to create their hard drink monsters, like hard, uh, alcohol drink. Um, I didn't know so, that they made that. Yeah, so it's not super readily available. That's only like four or five states that has it. But um, I was talking to one of the salespeople um, about that's it. Like, and that's like the the old the OG four locos. It was an energy yeah. drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why it's only approved in a few states so far. But they're trying to get more. Um, but back in September last year, I was talking to someone about it, and he said, "Yeah, they're about to win the case. They're going to get awarded like a billion or something." And he said they're going to put that money into finishing up the alcohol drink. Um, and that's exactly what was what happened. I think it came out in December or something. But um, yeah, it's just like a seltzer essentially that's mixed with their energy drinks. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, pretty good situation for Monster specifically for them to win that. But um, it really almost like killed Bang entirely. So um, Lesson kids, the drink that you drink does not affect your mental state. Or not your yeah. mental state, your, your mental... Uh, retardation <laughs> yeah that, that jesus christ yeah he was like it's gonna reverse 
mental retardation. They're like, they're singing music. I didn't mean it like reverse. She's like, I meant like slow it down. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no proof of any of that. Super creatine is not even a thing. It's like, um, 100% that dude is friends with Theo Vaughn and just takes what that dude says as gospel, even though Theo Vaughn's (laughs) like just a goof. Yeah. He he was talking about eating a Vietnamese man. I don't think we should really be taking a lot of, uh, advice from Theo Vaughn, but yeah, he and and they're like claiming super creatine's a thing. It's just like it's almost nothing in the can, and it's creatine binded with like, um, uh, and uh, NCL acetine or something. I forget what it is. It's binded with, but it's like this. It's like the first time anybody's ever done that. So they're like, oh, it's super creatine, but it's not actually nothing efficacious. It's like five milligrams of that shit. It's like almost nothing. So it doesn't actually really do anything. But, yeah. um, and then like the CoQ10, like this, the CoQ10 in, in Bang is so minute. Like it's, you might as well not even imagine it's even in there, but they just put it in there for like marketing. Um, so it's, that's all marketing is guys, um, is just doing just enough to be able to say shit. Like that's, that's really <laughs> all it is. Um, but yeah, that's how they got the, that on the can. It's just barely anything in there. Um. But like I said, they were the first like really like big energy drink on the market that um, kind of took over for a while. Um, and it was a big threat to the energy drink companies that were already out like Red Bull, Monster, um, NOS, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it uh, it's I like the direction that it's going in. Um, but I also don't like the direction that pre-workout companies are going in where they're like a lot of them start to focus on pre-bottled shit. Um, and that's not the way I want my pre-workout. I don't want my pre-workout already bottled. I want to mix it <laughs> with other shit. So let's just hope that they don't keep going that way. <laughs> but yeah. only time will tell. Um, but the gist of what we're saying is that you need to, you should cut out sugar. Um, besides naturally occurring sugars, uh, it's going to suck. But even that should be limited. Yeah. Yeah. Only have like a certain amount. You know, I have three ounces of blueberries and three ounces of pineapple every day. Um, so obviously like pin it back as much as you can um, and have efficacious doses or efficacious amounts of naturally occurring sugars that are healthy for you. Um, and just cut out, you're going to have, with, you're going to have withdrawals. If you have a lot of sugar, it's going to suck. And trust me, I know what that's like and it sucks. Um, keto flu sucks. I know what that's like as well. So it's not going to be fun, but when you push through it, you're going to feel much better in general. And you're never like my, my biggest problem is chocolate. I've said that a million times. I have such a fucking hankering for chocolate and anything coconut flavored. So like almond joy is my fucking weakness. So cutting that shit out is going to be hard, but you're going to never like, once you cut it out, you're not going to crave it anymore. It's going to be that much easier to maintain it. Um, like I crave chocolate constantly. And if I feed into it, it's, it's only going to be worse. It's only going to make me want more. And then all of a sudden, you know, I could potentially be like 400, 500 calories in to a fucking, like if I just sit down and eat chocolate, like you could just bang out 400 calories without even realizing it. And you don't even feel full. Like it's just, yep. it, you don't even realize it. So, um, cut it out best you can and find alternatives. So you don't have to necessarily not have things that are sweet. You know, if you replace sugar with equal, that's okay. Obviously have it in moderation, but like putting equal in your coffee versus sugar, that will go a long way. You know, that'll, that'll take out a lot of calories out of your day. Um, or like, instead of, you know, getting a Frappuccino or something, get like, and let's say you get a Frappuccino 
from Starbucks or something, just get like a regular coffee and put like a little bit of caramel in there. I know it's not as good, but it's a step in the right direction. You know, you no, don't have to go. Everybody, everybody just drink black coffee and water. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't like coffee, just black, just, just black coffee. That's it. <sighs> but real, I mean, that's any bodybuilder will say that that's all you can really have by the time you, your show is coming around is black coffee and water. Um, but yeah, just, just try to cut it out the best way you can. And if that means baby steps, then do it. You know, if it means cutting out this and then, or replacing it with this, then do it. It's just whatever you can get to do, whatever you can do to get sugar out of your diet is what's ideal. Um, but yep. do not do a full elimination diet. Don't do it reverse. People have done that and they've gotten hurt where they cut out fucking everything and slowly add shit back in. Just cut out bad shit. That's all you got to do. If you cut out the bad shit, you'll just, you'll make a lot more progress than you think you're going to make. Yeah. And so. that really just stems down to discipline and discipline is what you need in the mm -hmm. gym. Like motivation will last for a day or two discipline lasts a lifetime. So you just need to be able to focus down and actually decide what's best for you and make that a priority. And Absolutely. that's ultimately at the end of the day, what you need to do. You need to make a decision for yourself. You can listen to what we say, but ultimately that comes down to you and you have to buckle down and be an adult. <laughs> yeah. It's like what Arnold says. He's like, do you want to be like everybody else? You know, or do you want to be... Or do you want to be like me? Unlike you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't got to follow rules like you. <laughs> um, no, but he says he, he that was part of his motivation for bodybuilding was he didn't want to be like everybody else. Uh, he wanted to be somebody unique, somebody different. Um, so do you want to be like everybody else or do you want to be someone unique, somebody different, somebody who stands out in a crowd? Um, and first step getting there is cutting out sugar. You don't have to be like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bears. <laughs> um, we were, we were, before we started the session, we were referencing Joe Rogan animal noises. So that's that's where that came from. That's why it was blurted out like that. Bears swats in a moose's back. <laughs> I love his animal noises. Lives, lives rent-free in our heads. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think about that on a daily basis. It makes me happy every time. Um. But yeah, just just do everything you guys can. Um, obviously, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy, um, but you just got to do it. And there's no other way to say it. You know, obviously, like for those that are around you that you want to help, you know, you can only help them so much. They have to do it for themselves. You know, um, don't waste your energy trying to convince someone of something. Um, all you can do is do that for yourself. So yep. put in the time, put in the energy, uh, and it'll it'll pay your energy and your focus into something will pay you back in return down the road. Uh, so if you cut out sugar now, a year from now, you're going to be at a way different place if you kept sugar in your diet. So consider that. Listen, it's about drive. It's about power. No. <laughs> uh, never. Dwayne Johnson will never be a good we, music we artist. We stay ever. hungry, we devour. Stop. Oh, I hate that so much. I hate it so much. Right, guys, with that, we're going we're gonna to log off for today. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah.